0: In today's episode, we have one of the most followed mental toughness coaches on social media, a man with many championship rings on his fingers from the teams he's worked with. And you'll hear him share something that many coaches struggle with, which prevents them from making a bigger impact in the world. I'm excited to bring Ben Newman with all of his fire to the UpCoach show. Welcome to the UpCoach podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. Ben, Mr. Toughness Newman, thanks for joining me on the Upcoach podcast. Todd Herman,
1: I think we're like 10 years into uh, making this happen. So uh, I am ready to roll to say the least.
0: Yeah, for a couple of guys who love to talk about speed of implementation on many things, <laughs> we, did not, we did not index on this relationship as quickly as we did. So anyone that's listening to this, I'm super pumped about this episode. We've just spent 20 minutes in what could have been another four hours just catching up. I was born in the mental toughness game. Ben has been carrying the mantle and doing it phenomenally well for the last decade plus as well. So I know he's going to come with some incredible fire today around a one single concept or idea that really helps people get results. So Ben, before we kick off, though, into that one thing for you, give everyone just a little bit of context, who you work with and kind of how did you get into the topic
1: category that you like to try to own? So life is what actually developed my career in mental toughness. I had to grow up fast, parents divorced it. Six months old, never knew my parents together. handful of years later, my mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. Even with all the champions I've worked with in sports, my mother's the greatest champion I've ever known. And the way she battled amyloidosis as a single mom. Todd, we had 24-hour nursing care in the house when I was a seven-year-old boy. My mother would come to the dining room table to ask me how my day was at school. So my mother showed me exactly what mental toughness was. And even though my mother passed 11 days before my eighth birthday, she had a journal, and we could go so deep into this, but she had a journal where she would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. It's in the safe right in the other room across from my office. And those are words that helped me realize what mental toughness was before I could even comprehend the importance of it. So I've I've been living it since I was a young boy and then blessed to have mentors and coaches and then doors that opened up in this space for me to now do this both in the corporate world as well as in the world of sports. Why for you is it so
0: important to get that concept of mental toughness out of, you know, your heart? Because I can tell, we had the conversation before as well, like it's in your DNA. Like you live it, you breathe it. We were talking before about, people who we know are posturing on a, on a concept or idea and we, we just know that they're not actually working with the elite humans that are out there trying to do really tough stuff. But why is it for you so important
1: to get that out there? First off, I believe that our greatest character is built through the toughest of times, right? Our real strength is built through challenge and adversity. And because I had to experience adversity so fast, so early on in life. And then I was blessed to have those mentors and coaches to pick me up off the mat of life when I didn't want to do it, when I didn't feel like I had any strength. I had no interest. For me to now have the blessing of guiding, sharing, helping to understand, helping somebody to uncover maybe the strength they didn't realize they've had to get them up off the mat of life, it's the greatest gift I could ever have been given. And to be able to do this for a career, for me, it's the passion and the fire that just comes out of me every day. Because quite frankly, and I know you feel the same, sometimes we're in these environments, you're in a locker room. We talked before we, you're whispering into somebody's ear hole, the mom's name who passed away three years ago from cancer. And that's the tie that that young man and I have because I lost my mom. And you whisper those words and he locks in on a deeper level. Like That's my work. Like somebody pinch me. I mean, the fact that, I can help that young man connect, center, and have an ideal state of focus based upon honoring the burn that's his mom, the way I honor my moms. It's a blessing to be able to do this. I love it. Ben, our
0: mission in this podcast is to try to give other coaches the opportunity to like build up their skill set or just have a different paradigm in the way that they deliver to other people. So for you, I mean, you could share a bucket load of different things that have helped you help clients get better results. But what's one that you've uncovered through your, you know, illustrious career that makes a big impact or what's one thing that you've changed about how you deliver, not to seed it just around the angle of helping a client, but what, what's that one thing that you would want to share?
1: First one, I, I hate correcting the interviewer, but my career has not been illustrious. I chase guys and gals who are doing way more than I've done who uh, keep me motivated, but I appreciate the kind words. Well then, we're going to
0: agree to disagree, Ben. That's <laughs> fine. I've got a medal here waiting for you if you want it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll tell you this, just say yes and know that the money will be a byproduct of you saying yes and doing things for the right reasons. Let me share a story in 2011, my high school basketball coach calls me. So my old high school coach. Now at the time, he left being the the head coach where I went to high school to do high school in St. Louis, Missouri to go coach his daughter, literally quit. He's like, I'm going to coach my daughter. I'll never get this chance again. That tells you about this man's heart. Yeah. He then comes back after his daughter graduates. He's the assistant coach. He calls me one day. He says, Benny boy. And here we are over 25 years later. He's still a mentor to me, a character in books that I write. He still calls me Benny boy. And he calls me in 2011, Benny boy. These kids are underperforming. I don't know what in the world is wrong with them. You better come figure it out. Will you come speak to them in the locker room? We're playing the number 10 team in the city. Will you come speak? I said, coach, I would do anything for you. I show up. Now, keep in mind, first time I was ever hired to speak was 2006. Everybody thinks my world has always been sports. I was corporate for five years, never done anything in sports. I walk into that locker room. It was like when I was in high school as the captain of the team delivering the pregame speech. I deliver the speech, we knock off the number 10 team in the city, I was hooked. For 10 years, I went back to my high school, never took a penny, wouldn't take a penny to give back to those young men. Never took a penny. I said yes to my head coach. Todd, the number of individuals who call me, when I started working for Coach Saban at Alabama, people would call me, they say, I've got the perfect talk for Alabama, can you get me in there? I'm like, have you ever spoken to a sports team? And they're like, No. And I said, well, I mean, I started with my high school for free. Like, you have to go and build your muscle. And so I think find those opportunities where you can build your muscle and figure out how to connect before you chase down that big opportunity that you want. Because quite frankly, you might not be ready for it. I wouldn't have been ready for Alabama in 2011. But when Coach Saban called, I was ready. So what is it
0: about, yes, because this has been a theme that I've seen come up amongst really successful entrepreneurial friends, coaches, across many disciplines, they will say yes to an opportunity before they may even have the skill set or the identity wrapped around. Like you didn't have the identity of being like a motivational mental game coach to athletes, but from your estimation in coaching other people, where have you seen the reason why some people delay in saying yeses to these opportunities?
1: First off, I, I think the main reason why they delay saying yes, and I'm just, I just will be direct because I think that's the way we're all going to learn and grow. And, and sometimes people listening, you need to hear this. And there are periods in my life where I needed to hear this. Yeah. Don't make it about the money. You know, people say, well, I'm not going to go speak to that high school. Like, look at my resume. Look what I've done. I should be getting paid X to give a talk. And if you find that that's the camp that you're living in every day, as somebody owes you a speaking fee, you may never get the speaking fee that you actually deserve to get one day, or you're capable of receiving. And so I just had this passion to not make it about the money. And even to this day, the speaking fees I get now are 50 times what I used to get paid to speak. I mean, I can't even believe that this is what I get paid to speak in some cases, a hundred times what I used to get paid to speak. And I'm like, I can't believe this, but I never worried about, and I don't worry about it now. And so I think if you're worried about the money, I don't know if you're ever gonna be able to find your true passion for doing this the right way, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would say, and I've said this on other interviews when people have asked me about mistakes that I've made in my career, all of my biggest mistakes I've ever made in my career or in business have been me indexing my decision the most around money like oh this is a big financial opportunity so i'm going to go this way even though it might take me off my course too much get me away from like a mission that i have or a vision that i'm on all of my worst decisions were around money how else like if there's a coach that's listening and they're dealing with someone who's trying to over index on being perfect before they go out onto that field how would you coach a client that you just see them caught in the purgatory of perfection or the purgatory of, I need to add three more letters behind my name before I'm ready to go out there.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the most important thing, and we've heard this so many times in so many different ways, you have to understand what's in somebody's heart. And if you find that you think it's the same conversation with every single person, you're never going to connect on the deepest level to help each individual. And so I've always done the very best that I could. And I'm still trying to find even deeper ways and more detailed questions that I can ask by having conversations with individuals like you that have been going at this longer than me and, and to find out what's the deep question I can ask to figure out what's exactly in Todd's heart. Not his why, not his purpose, but what I actually call your burn. And your burn is that underlying fire that actually ignites Why and purpose that then causes you to be disciplined on the days you don't want to do it, and especially after you win. So it's somebody who they told you your whole life you were too small to compete, or your mother made sacrifice for you with three jobs, and you're not going to waste that sacrifice. And when you think of her sacrifice, you turn up to a whole new level. Well, I have to coach and have deep conversations with that individual based upon that experience of the sacrifice their mother made not a canned speech that I give to every single audience that I speak to. And if you're willing to understand that everybody's different and to spend the time to build real relationships, I think that's the difference in this kind of work that distances you from others who just want to go give a speech. Love that. I mean, what you're just unpacking is, you know,
0: the phrase I say is that's the heart of a coach right there because it's not pretty. You know, I say to many coaches all the time, like the biggest skill set that's typically lacking in a lot of coaches is the inability to hold other people accountable. Because I think coaches at their core, they love encouraging other people. They love to help people get progress in some way. But where they under index is in pushing back against the client when they say, no, I can't do it this week, or I need more time, or it's excuse. And you got to get in there because that person came to you to make some sort of transformation. There's a change that they wanted. And now they're falling back into some sort of homeostasis or comfort zone or whatever the case is. So I love how much you really index towards developing that really close tie of the relationship between you and them. And and that's been a theme of some of the past podcasts as well with some of the great coaches that we've had on so far.
1: And if I could just share, you know, Coach Kleiman at Kansas State, who I've had the blessing of working with for the last nine years. I was on his staff at North Dakota State for four years. We were winning national championships. He brings me to Kansas State. Last year, we won a Big 12 championship. And people are saying, how in the world are you recruiting? How are you winning at Kansas State? Like, how did you win a Big 12 championship? And it's Coach Kleiman. I mean, you talk about in a world where many individuals are doing things for the wrong reasons today. Coach Kleiman has stayed true to exactly who he was since the day that I met him. I was in Laguna Beach a couple of weeks ago with a couple of NFL players that I work with. They came out to dinner with my family, players that played at North Dakota State for Coach Kleiman. The four of us were on a Zoom together. Coach Kleiman was like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) He didn't have to spend any of his time at 8 o'clock at night, his time, while we're in California before we go to dinner. He wanted nothing more. Than to be on that Zoom screen with these kids who played for him five years ago. And these are not Pro Bowl players. These are guys who have made it in the league. But these aren't big household names. All he wanted to do, Todd, was be on that Zoom screen with us. And that's why I would go to war for that man any day. It's why he's become one of my best friends. And it's why he's taught me so much about how to do things the right way in a profession that needs coaches doing things the right way today. Beautifully said ben
0: to other coaches just a final thought from you i love how much you index towards that relationship what are some other ways that you've been able to kind of get into that strengthening of because in the work that we do with mental game stuff like there's to be extremely high levels of trust and especially when you get into the professional levels that's why you know i sort of hung my hat on the fact that i never shared who i worked with unless that person went out and shared my name publicly because I wanted that person to know like, "I'm not here to trade on your name. I'm here to help you get you a result." And that right there was one way to like build a relationship really quickly. Anything else that helps you build that high level of trust with people quickly?
1: Yeah, I think first you got to understand the heart and you got to understand the burn, but then help them take ownership of what they know they need to do. So the most recent book that I just wrote called "The Standard." is all about unpacking that each and every single one of us, we know exactly what it is that we need to do to be successful on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yet oftentimes we get pulled away from doing those things because we've been seduced by success because things have gone really well, or our fears, our doubts, our uncertainties, our self-talk has held us back. But it's empowering people to choose and to take ownership of the standard and recognizing the standard is the way. My mother taught me the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. So if I can work with a young man or a young woman who's going to compete in the Olympics, who's going to play in the NFL, and empower them to choose the behaviors for them to be able to look in the mirror and say, I won today because I did what I was supposed to do. I was the standard. I know the standard. The byproduct of doing that and stacking those days is winning at very high levels. And the moment an individual embraces the standard and says anything other than the standard is unacceptable, you can't help but win in life. And when a team embraces the standard as the way, that's when you see teams win championships in the world of NIL, in the world of five-star recruiting and nothing else matters, yet you don't have a five-star on your roster. That's where you can win when teams take ownership and individuals take ownership and i call that the standard
0: and in your definition of the standard to everyone listening ben's a practitioner he didn't write a book because he read three other best-selling books on a top <laughs> <laughs> he's out there doing this stuff and you can definitely hear it in the passion that he has for clientele and the result that you love to get for people so one thing i like about it is the standard isn't like some 300 page anthology book right like it packs a big punch and a short amount of time, 120 pages, 120 pages, go out, grab it. But what I wanted to help define is the standard for you is you're giving people like, no, you decide your standard. Is that correct? Or are you giving people a predefined standard?
1: Let's take collegiate football and I'll give a quick answer because I know we keep it tight on time. There's seven things that a player's in control of their sleep, their playbook, going to class, going to the weight room. So there's seven main things. They know what they need to do. So all I have to say is how much time do you want to spend studying the playbook every day? Well, Ben, if I study it 20 minutes a day, I'll find my edge in the details and the game's going to slow down for me. Perfect, Todd. You should probably do it for 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Right. So it's empowering them to answer the question to take ownership because then they're likely to allow that to become a standard in their life. If I point my finger in your face and say, Todd, if you don't break down game film 20 minutes a day, the game's gonna be too fast for you and you'll never catch up. Even if that's the gospel, you're gonna look at me and go, what in the world is wrong with this coach? Like, I don't like him and why does he threaten me this way? So when you empower them to choose what they know they need to do and you help them design their days and their standard and then they choose it and they own it, they'll begin to win more. Yeah, you're speaking
0: my language. I talk about designing your field of play. Like, even before, when you were talking about Coach K and him being on that eight o'clock at night Zoom call, like, I talk about, I'm a really hard guy to compete against because I've designed my treadmill. I'll die on my treadmill. The way my business model works, I love coaching. I've been coaching since 97. On my last day on earth, I'll definitely be coaching on that day because I'm never going to stop. You know, I've got 19,000 hours of one on one coaching. That's a pretty hard number to compete with for a lot of people. But If you want to compete with me on my treadmill, best of luck, because I designed it for me. And so that's exactly what you're talking about is helping that player design their treadmill. Amen. And then when they get on their treadmill, they've got commitment to saying, well, I'm the one who decided this. 20 minutes. That's what I told coach. That's
1: exactly right. And then they find the game actually does slow down for them. They go out to the practice field and they're like, wait a second. Coach and I had this conversation. I said, I'm going to break down 20 minutes. I did it. And sure enough, Todd was running his route in slow motion, and I picked off a pass and took it back for six, and now I get to start on Saturday. It works. Yeah.
0: Feedback loops. You just close the feedback loop, reinforces confidence, and that's a pretty hard kid to beat or business person or coach in any domain. Ben, we could talk for hours. Appreciate you coming on and and sharing your fire with everybody. Where can people go to learn more about you, find you on socials, all that kind of good stuff?
1: So at Continued Fight, at Continued Fight is the best way to uh, connect. And then BenNewmanCoaching.com also provides a lot of ways for us to be able to stay connected as well. And, and I look forward to it. I, I'm a coach. I mean, for us to you know, cut it up for 20 minutes is typically not enough. It's got to be something where we can drive long-term growth and sustainability. And it's me on Instagram. I'm the one who's posting. Occasionally, the team will post videos for me. But it's my thoughts, my words, my responses, and, and love staying connected.
0: Ben, you're a champ, man. So happy we finally got to get this going. Everybody, the book just came out, the standard, grab it, everywhere books are sold. And go and check out at Continued Fight on uh, Instagram as well. So Ben, thank you again.
1: Thank you, Todd.
0: I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Up Coach Podcast with your host, Todd Herman hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listing platform and review. A little star rating wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links, shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The F Coach Podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.